This is Hello, You Darling Girl, a podcast for loving yourself, healing yourself, bonding yourself, and celebrating yourself. Let's see what we can learn to love, heal, and celebrate today. You ready? Let's talk. Hello, You Darling Girl. Welcome to today's episode, and thank you for being here. I'm your host, Shadara Gibson. On this episode, I want to talk about what the difference is when you're being labeled high maintenance and when you're simply expecting work to be put into the relationship from both people. Are you priding yourself on being low maintenance when in truth you're settling for the bare minimum effort in your relationship because you've gotten used to what that feels like? I had a conversation this week with a friend of mine from San Diego She reached out to me after listening to the podcast and confided that she came from a history of childhood abuse and how it it had affected her relationships with men. She said she's gotten a lot better at it, but she still finds that those issues make an appearance from time to time. And I want to celebrate the fact that she is a happy newlywed right now. So yay for that. But in our chat, she told me about a TikTok video she had watched recently where a girl explains how she had always called herself low maintenance, but in reality, she had just gotten used to not having her needs met. And my friend went on to say that that's how she felt, that she had gotten used to it from as early as childhood by not having her basic needs delivered by her parents, even when she felt she demanded it from them. And this became an acceptance of hers and her relationships. And I think a lot of us do that. I know it is a recent revelation of mine. I honestly got sick to my stomach when she told me about this video because I had been that low maintenance girl. I accepted that title with pride when my spouse or guy was dating described me that way to his friends. I never got jealous or asked for much. I didn't get angry or ask a lot of questions or ask a lot of their time and doing things on my own without asking for help. Sometimes even when I was struggling, you know, physically, emotionally, and sometimes even financially, making it look like I wasn't struggling so I wouldn't be a bother to them, being that effortless relationship they always wanted, right? All the while, seeming fulfilled and happy. And I'd even tricked myself into thinking I was. I lied to myself about what I needed and just accepted that they wanted to be with me, right? So they must care about me and are devoted to me and that I was satisfied with that. As a matter of fact, when my ex-husband called me after landing at LAX and said his flight attendant's sister had fallen asleep and forgot to pick her up and he asked if I minded if he took her home. And I said, of course not. Looking back, I didn't want him to do that. I didn't want him to be another girl's savior because I had a gut feeling something was wrong, but I doubted myself. I was mad at myself for thinking that way, but I didn't say anything. It was midnight and he told me he would call when he got on the road back to San Diego. And when he still wasn't home at 4am, I got concerned and I called him and he told me he had hit two accidents and that's why he was late. Certainly not because he was having an affair or anything, of course, but I believed him without question, even though inside I was wondering how this even happened. How were there 
two different accidents at midnight on this particular night when it had never happened any of the other times before when he flew in and out of the airport at the same time. I also wondered why the sister wasn't already on her way by this time because when he called me, he supposedly had not yet offered up his services, but I kept all that to myself because I didn't want to be that girl who wanted details and explanations or showed mistrust in her husband or appeared to be jealous. And another time that haunts me was when I had been in the emergency room for 14 hours overnight while the doctors did a bunch of tests to try to find out why I was experiencing some pretty terrifying symptoms that I was having. I'd gone that night around midnight and was still there when he flew in from Miami the next morning and he had to drive right by the hospital to get to our house. I would have gone straight to the hospital if the roles were reversed without asking, without hesitation. And many other husbands and wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, partners would have done the same thing. But he asked me, do you want me to stop by? Me not wanting to be a bother, I told him no, that I knew he was tired and he could go home, hoping (laughs) he would tell me he was coming anyway, but that's not what happened. He went home, he drove right by the hospital, you can see it right off the freeway, right by the exit, and I was hurt. I was hurt and I was sad because I really did want my husband to come. And I cried in my room to myself when no one was around, on top of me being scared for myself, I got the news while I was in there that my dad had had a stroke and was also in the hospital at the same time. I wanted my husband there to comfort me, but I didn't ask him to come comfort me. Let's start by saying I should have not had to ask him to be there to show up. That alone should have been a red flag to me that this marriage was not where it was supposed to be. But why didn't I ask him to come? I was released around 2 p.m., but they wanted me to follow up with primary care in in two hours. I went home, and he was playing video games. He asked about what the doctors were saying, but he didn't get up and give me a hug or ask me how I was feeling, no attempts to comfort me. I went upstairs and showered, and I hadn't had any food while I was there for 14 hours, except a granola bar. And I was thinking I would have food or something waiting on me when I got out of the shower because he knew I was hungry, but... He was still playing video games. I had to meet my doctor at 4 p.m. And at 4 p.m., the I-5 in San Diego can be pretty thick with traffic. And he started complaining about having to drive in the traffic. So I told him it was fine that I could drive myself. Why did I say that? It was the last thing I wanted. I was so tired, so hungry, still scared at what was happening to me, worried about my dad. Now, he did take me to my doctor's office complaining about traffic the whole way though. (laughs) So now not only am I worried about what is happening to my health, not only am I scared, worn out, exhausted, and wanting comfort and care for the man I love, but I also now feel guilty, guilty for the hassle, guilty for the money it was going to cost, feeling shame for even going to the ER in the first place, because that was the first thing he said when he found out I was there was question why I went to the emergency room because it was going to cost a fortune. So here I am sitting there quietly in the car while he bitches about traffic, feeling guilty, feeling like a burden, feeling like I was dumb for going to the emergency room. And all I wanted in that moment 
was to be cared for and loved and made to feel it was all going to be okay. But I got absolutely none of that. So why didn't I ask him to come to the hospital? Why didn't I ask him if he would mind finding me some food because I was hungry? Why didn't I tell him I needed him to drive me to see my doctor? Why didn't I tell him I was tired, scared, hungry? Why didn't I tell him I needed him right then? Why didn't I tell him I wasn't in the right state to be lectured on why I chose to take myself to the emergency room at midnight? Why didn't I tell him how he was making me feel? I should have felt safe and confident enough to be able to ask for the basic things that most people would offer up to a complete stranger. But I was his wife. We had been together for 10 years. And here's another example. And I use this not to bash on my ex, but to just point out these moments that stand out to me when I didn't ask for the things I deserved, the things I wanted and needed from my husband, just because I didn't want to burden him or feel like a lot of work for him. Times when I remember being the most sad, the most hurt, but acted like I was fine. And one of those times was actually our wedding. When we got married, he fussed about the cost of wedding dresses. I wanted to show him it wasn't important to me to have an expensive dress. I shopped and ended up getting something cheap that I didn't care a lot for, which is fine. I still look beautiful, honey. My dress was around $500 and I was okay with that. I paid for it myself. His mom bragged on my ability to shop well and was impressed that I found this dress so cheap and he still thought that was too much money. And you know, $500 is a lot of money. But get this. Do you know he bought a pair of shoes for himself for our wedding that cost $600. And he bought a custom suit for our wedding that was almost two grand. It might have been almost three grand, actually. This suit had like a map on the inside because he's a geography buff and had his name in there somewhere. But I was the bride and I wanted to be low maintenance. And he spent more on his shoes than I did my wedding dress. Granted, and not trying to gaslight my own feelings here, he could wear those shoes again and the suit. But $600 and $2,000, I was hurt. But I didn't say anything. I went and bought a pair of ballet shoes on Etsy for like $50 and was afraid he was going to be upset about that. I still feel so sad when I think about it. I had the best time though. It was an awesome party with everyone we loved. Our family and friends had an awesome time and it was a really great night. I ended up barefoot most of the night anyway. So who needs $600 shoes, right? I should have told him this though. This is supposed to be a happy time for me, but you complain about how much my dress costs and it stresses me out. And then when you spend four times as much on your suit and more for your shoes than I did my dress, it hurts my feelings or something like that, anything like that. But I didn't. I was low maintenance. 
Another thing I did was I would tell him he didn't need to get me flowers or jewelry because it was a waste of money. But I love flowers. I love jewelry. What was wrong with me? Why did I say these things? I'm not saying I had to have it or that I went on and actively looked for jewelry pieces I wanted him to buy for me or I would get upset when I didn't get these things, but I would have loved to have gotten a surprise gift like that. He did get flowers for no reason from time to time, so I'll give him that, but why was I denying the fact that a bracelet out of nowhere or a pair of earrings for a special occasion would have made me feel some kind of way? I was trying to not take up too much space, too much money, too much thought, and too much time because somewhere deep down, I was used to that feeling and afraid wanting more from him would make me end up unloved and alone because I was too much work. Where did this come from? I'm pretty sure I can pinpoint exactly why I don't like to make a fuss about being ill or needing medical attention. And that probably spills over into all the others that I pretended I didn't need. But the medical stuff for certain, I believe, comes from my childhood. I was a sick little girl. I was sick a lot. And I mean a lot, a lot. I had asthma. And I remember being sick all the time. I was always sick as a kid. And feeling like you can't breathe is a whole different kind of scared. My mom was a single mom and she worked nights as an EMT. And I was with my grandma overnight many, many times. And at one point we even lived with her. Now, before I go on about my grandma, she was a sweet old woman and she loved me so very much. And I was devastated when she passed away, which was actually on my honeymoon, but her life was a hard one. I won't get into her story, but I will probably one day do an episode on what I did learn about inheriting your family's trauma and how it gets passed down in generations. But for now, just know her early life was tremendously difficult, and so was my mother's childhood. But when I would get sick, it was hard for my grandma to take care of me, and she was very vocal about it in those days. She would be taking care of me, but would be complaining the whole time, sometimes yelling, and I would be crying. I would be up so sick in the middle of the night a lot. I was not an easy child to take care of because I was sick so much, and it caused a lot of fights in the house, and my grandma had none of the energy or patience when I was sick like that. I didn't get the nurturing, and I wasn't loved on. I felt like I was a burden when I was sick, and all I wanted when I was sick was to be loved on, to be held and cuddled and made to feel safe. And I want to take a moment to admit that this episode has been very emotional for me and I've had to stop a million times to cry it out and I've not had to do that with any of the other episodes. So this is a tough one. That inner child trauma is deep. It's where the majority of my pain comes from. And some of these feelings I am processing in real time as I prepare this episode. So it's been quite difficult to get through this one. But I've learned a lot about what I want and why I've lowered my expectations and not gotten what I deserve from my relationships when I give so much to them. And I know I don't want to do that again. I want to be loved fully and completely. I want to be loved all the way through. 
Therefore, in my next relationship, I will seek someone who won't leave me guessing. Someone who is consistent with his affection, who leaves no doubt in my head where I stand and how important I am to him. Someone who loves me when I'm sick, especially when I'm sick, who comforts me when I'm scared, cuddles me when I'm sad. Someone who never makes me feel like I'm a bother or a burden. Someone who makes me feel protected and cared for and someone I feel safe enough with to ask for what I need and being able to talk to him about it without fearing he will think I'm too much work. Asking for what you need in a relationship may look like high maintenance, but it's only going to look like that to someone who doesn't want to make the effort. You should feel okay to have the hard conversations with your partner about what makes you feel loved and cared for. Don't be afraid to ask for what you need from them. How will they know if you avoid telling them out of fear of asking for too much or fear of losing them? And if someone thinks you're high maintenance for expecting this in your relationship, then it probably means they can't be bothered to meet your expectations. And someone unwilling to do the work required in a relationship will try to blame you and make you feel like you are demanding. And if you don't express yourself and ask for what you need out of fear of being alone, you will be likely settling for someone you're not compatible with in the first place. You have to ask yourself, am I being high maintenance? Or am I having high expectations about how I'm going to be treated in this relationship? The only reason we compromise our standards and self-respect is because somewhere along the way, we've been made to feel like we're somehow lucky to have what we have or that we can't get better than this. But we are worthy of being heard and we're worthy of effort. I know I put way more into my relationships than I've ever received back. I was never asking for more than I was already giving. So why should we settle for less than we will give to our partners? We're worthy of the same affection, dedication, the same honesty that we bring to the table ourselves. And this is an opportunity to examine that. Are we listening to our spouse or our partners as well? Are we meeting their needs, making them feel loved and nurtured and cared for? And if that answer is no, then we also need to put the work in to do better for them. It's all about communication, being able to tell each other what we need to be happy. And I'm willing to go above and beyond for the person who's willing to go above and beyond for me. But I will have to be with someone who knows my story and loves me enough to want to protect me and motivate me to keep growing and someone who inspires me to be a better version of myself, someone who communicates with me and wants the best for me and for us. To heal, you need to feel safe. And I want to partner with whom I do feel safe, safe enough to continue to heal and be a good person for both of us. We should never forget our worth and we should never be the only one making an effort. Your expectations in the relationship matter and you shouldn't accept less than that for fear of abandonment. Sure, you can pretend for a matter of time, but you're not being fair to yourself and sometimes not fair to your partner. Your partner might be oblivious to your needs and maybe would be more than willing 
if you just communicated this to them and gave them the chance before resentment sets in. And resentment is inevitable in these cases. Sometimes men do leave it to the woman to set the tone. So it's worth speaking up and letting them know how you want to be treated. It doesn't make you overbearing or demanding or self-centered. Maybe he's feeling neglected in some areas too and pushing past this fear to ask for something and possibly asking them if there's something they feel like they've not been provided in the relationship could make all the difference. Looking back, I should have asked my husband this. Maybe his needs were being neglected in a way that I was unaware of and we were just two hurt people trying to love the best way we knew how. Who knows, but I know these are questions I'm going to ask in my next relationship and I will spend time getting to know these things about him so I can love him how he needs and he can love me how I need. And it helps to know what you want before you go into a relationship so you can spot it early when you see things come up. Then you can back out of it or try to communicate with your partner and see if these are things you can work on together. I mean, we may never find someone who triggers us, but the key is finding someone who will make you feel safe enough to talk about it and work through through these things together. This builds a mutual trust and respect and a mutual understanding about how the two of you work individually and as a loving team. And if you're already in a relationship and you feel your needs aren't being met, that doesn't mean it's too late. If you have been with this person for a while, you shouldn't be afraid to tell them these intimate needs. I know what I want in a life partner. I spoke about some of it already, but something else happened along this journey for me. And it was something unexpected, something that never really bothered me in the past. And this may be a bit controversial, but it is my once in a future partner or spouse. And it's my need right now. And it could change, but this is where I'm at in this moment. Hear me out. I was a single mom for 14 years. I got used to doing things in the home. A husband would typically do. I'm not saying these are things women can't do or don't want to do, but it's just I grew up in a time and area where it was things the man of the house did. Even as kids, when we were given chores, they were the things given to my brother. But as a single mom, I did them all. I mowed the lawn. I put furniture together. I worked on my car. I carried heavy things. And I remember working with a bunch of women one time in our Boss was the man in the office, and he always took the trash out to the curb on trash day. Now, I don't mind taking out trash, but we also had a five-gallon water dispenser, and he was the one who always changed it when it was empty, lifting the heavy water jug. Well, one day, he wasn't there on trash day, and the women just kind of freaked out. You know, not majorly, but just a little. They were like, what do we do? He's not here. And I was like, um... We take the trash to the curb. And I think it was me who took the trash out to the curb that day. Maybe we all pitched in and did it after I suggested it. I I don't remember. But all these women had husbands at home who handled these things. And I did not. So I knew what had to be done. And I did it. But when he was gone on trash day or when the water was out and someone needed the heavy jug lifted, they came to get me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm super proud of the fact I'm very much capable of doing these things. And I I will do them when I need to do them. 
I lifted weights and I ran marathons in those days, literally 26.2 mile marathons. Thank you very much. So I was strong and I was proud to do the manly things. And I'm using air quotes when I say manly. And even when I wasn't a single mom, when I met my ex-husband, he was a pilot and away from home a lot. And I don't mean this negatively, but he was also on the feminine side, not a very macho man. So I got used to still doing the husband things around the house. Even when he was home, I didn't ask for help. I just did it. I carried heavy things from the car and up and down the steps, you know, single mom shit. And I'm proud of that. But something in this healing journey has shifted me into wanting to feel more feminine. And even though I own that for a very long time, I don't want to be the man of the house anymore. All of a sudden, I have the desire to feel precious and feminine and delicate. I guess more taken care of. Like I said, this might be an unpopular opinion and it may not be for everyone and hasn't always been the case for me but this is where I'm at right now. And along with that desire, I've spent so many years of my life being afraid that I also, along with everything inside of me, I desire to have a man who makes me feel protected and safe, unafraid, like he would go to war for me. When I moved back to Kentucky after my marriage was over, I leaned into my femininity so I could feel more like this woman for the first time since my early 20s. I have so much blush pink in this house, it's insane. (laughs) I hire a handyman to put furniture together and do things around the house. I got a lawn service to do my mowing and weed eating. Uh, I just did that this year. I have a small yard, it's nothing really. I still carry heavy stuff and that's okay, but I'm saying all this so I can lead into the fact that all of a sudden, all I want these days is the manliest man God ever created. Like, I want him to be so manly, my ovaries tingle every time he opens his mouth to speak. I mean, when he calls me from work to ask me if I need him to stop by the store for anything, I want the sound of his voice through the telephone to make me go weak in the knees and some other areas too, if you know what I'm saying. But I joke with my friends about how I want this man, (laughs) this is my dream man, How I want this man that can go out and kill a wild animal with his bare hands, carry its bloody carcass over his broad shoulders and throw it down on the kitchen floor and have sex with me next to it before I cook it up for dinner. (laughs) I hope my mom isn't listening to this episode, but I want to be treated like a fucking queen because I damn sure will treat a man who respects me, cares for me, hears me, loves me, makes effort for me protects me, is loyal to me, cuddles me, loves on me, he will be treated like my king. And I will make sure every single need that man has is met unless I die trying. And I want the same commitment coming back to me that I'm putting forth for him. And if there is one second that I feel inconsistency and like I'm again being that low maintenance girl, and getting back that minimal effort from him, I will communicate this to someone I care about. But after that, if I don't see the same effort that I'm willing to put in, then I'll have to move on and it will all be fine. I saw a quote that conveyed my wishes perfectly. It's by N.H. Hart of Beauty and Her Beast. And it says, she wants a strong hand and a tender touch 
who can protect her like a beauty and love her like a beast. Yes, ma'am. Yes, that. That's what I want. All of that. Give me that or nothing at all. Thank you. I have a friend in Richmond who said after her divorce, she made a list of all the things she wanted in her next partner. And her next husband ended up checking all the boxes. This was a surprise to her because they knew each other when they were younger and crossed each other's paths later in life. I think he had a crush on her when they were young, if I remember correctly. And all these years later, they met again, fell in love and just celebrated what I think was their six year anniversary. They are so happy. They gush over one another and they communicate about things. I know them both and they are both wonderful people and a real impressive team. And her list has made me think about what it is I want, taking the time to really consider what is important to you and a partner, it will help you be clear about what you're looking for. And I'm here for that. I'm here for that list. So babe, don't ever feel guilty for wanting more for yourself. You have to love yourself enough to know you deserve more. And you have to be confident enough in yourself to require it from your partner. You're not hard to love just because you want to be treated right. You deserve more than the bare minimum. Don't suppress your needs and desires and your hurt and your pain in order to not rock the boat. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Have those conversations and grow closer to yourself and closer to your partner. Don't quieten yourself and your needs so as to not seem like you require a lot of work and effort. Life with someone takes work and it takes effort. You're not asking for anything ridiculous here. The right person is going to also know your story and will want to do what it takes to make you feel safe and loved and protected. Make sure you are reciprocating it back though, because that's what queens do. And we are all queens here. So go be inquisitive with yourself. Think about what you want in a partner. Make yourself a list like my friend if you feel led to do that. Put some manifestation bobs in it. If you're in a relationship and your needs aren't being met, get brave and have conversations. Write it down first if you want to make sure you feel prepared and confident. I'm not telling you to be confrontational with your needs or to get mad and fly loose with a list of demands or punish someone for not knowing what you want. It's hard for other people to hear negative things. It's hard for you to hear negative things about yourself. And it can make someone become automatically defensive, which then makes you defensive and then things go downhill from there. So be kind and patient and tactful and understand that it's hard for them to hear just as hard as it is for you to get the courage to say and make sure if you're asking to be loved in the right way that you are willing to love them in their way because needs go both ways. So if you are scared, tell him, if you are hurt, tell him, if you need a hug, If you need a cuddle, if you like flowers, let him know you like flowers. If you like jewelry, don't tell him you don't like jewelry. If you want to buy a dress that costs more than his shoes on your wedding day, tell him. Also, babe, if you need to be taken like a beast, tell him that too. He'll love that one. But go be high maintenance. 
own your needs like the queen you are. And I can't wait to hear all about it. Well, my darling girls, that's all I have to talk about today. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to share your story or what has worked for you or your tips on how you thrive in self-love, or if there's a topic you would like for us to get into, send me an email at hellouyoudarlinggirl at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet done so, please go subscribe and review and share this podcast with a friend who you think would enjoy our conversations. Now, go and discover something new to love about you. And then go out and love on the rest of the world. See you next time.